You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the intro this morning, dear saints, we had the reminder from St. Peter, as newborn babes desire the pure spiritual milk of the Word. Dear Ethan, the baptized, the Scriptures put you before us today as an example for all of us to follow. Just like you get hungry and fuss and cry and yearn and desire to be fed, so all of us Christians should have the same yearning and the same hunger and the same desire to hear the Lord's Word. Like you, Ethan, we should wake up in the middle of the night and then wake your parents up and cry until you've been fed. So we should cry out to the preacher, give us the milk of the Lord's Word. And not necessarily in the middle of the night, but, but if it needs be, in the middle of the night. That we should be marked by this strong desire, by this thirst, by this relentless pressing, overwhelming desire for the milk of the Lord's Word. And this, by the way, this desire to hear the Lord's Word is connected to baptism. In the ancient church, our fathers before us often practiced, uh, uh, tried to practice baptisms on Easter Sunday so, so that the celebration of the resurrection early that morning on Easter Sunday, the children and the adults would all come to be baptized in the Lord's name and to be born again by water and the Spirit. And then when these new Christians, when these converts came back to church on the next Sunday, they heard the words, the first words of the service, like newborn babies desire the pure spiritual milk of the Word. Because in baptism, we're born again, born a second time, born from above in the name of God, adopted into His family, made part of His church. But even more than this, baptism is more than a new birth. It's also a death and a resurrection. Paul writes, Do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So the great and marvelous gifts of the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus are brought to us, to each one of us, in baptism and in the Word and in the body and blood. Now, this is the theological point that we're pushing towards to have an understanding of the gospel. When Jesus rose, when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, he won for us life and salvation for all people. He atoned for our sins. He was the propitiation and satisfaction of the wrath of God. He was there. Jesus was there on the cross suffering for us in our place. Suffering the curse that we deserved. Winning our righteousness and a place for us in resurrection and life. Jesus on the cross satisfied the justice of God. He received the wrath of God so that we might receive the kindness of God. The mercy of God. The smile of God that He might bless us. 
So the cross changes everything. That central event in all of history, the history of the universe, is also the most important moment of our own lives, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But, but all the things that Jesus has done still have to get to us. We do not have any of the benefits of the death and the resurrection of Jesus unless we believe them. And how can we believe what we have not heard? And how can we hear unless we've been preached to? How can we receive them if they haven't been delivered? So we want to make a distinction. A very important theological distinction, and this, by the way, will be a huge help when trying to explain to our friends what it is that we Lutherans believe. And it is this. We distinguish between the winning of the forgiveness of sins and the delivery of the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins was won for us on the cross in the suffering, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. It was accomplished then. It was finished But the forgiveness of sins is delivered to us in a different way, through the Word. And through the Word and water, baptism. Through the Word preached and read and studied. Through the Word bound up to the body and blood of Jesus. These are the ways that God gets the benefit of the death of Jesus to us. I remember when I was taught this in adult instruction class like this. The illustration of a well and a field. The water is in the well, but you have to get the water to the plants in the field. And you can dig an irrigation ditch, or you can put pipe out, or you can carry a bucket. All of these are the ways that the water gets from the well to the plants that need it. So God's Word and sacrament carry the benefit and the promise of the death and resurrection of Jesus to us 2,000 or something years uh, later, uh, 1,800 or so miles away. All of the death, the benefit of the death and resurrection of Jesus are delivered in these things. And this is why on the afternoon of the resurrection of Jesus, he appeared to his disciples, ten of them, Judas was dead, Thomas was out, And he showed them his hands and his side, and he spoke peace to them, and then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, and then said this, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Jesus immediately following his resurrection, puts into place the distribution of the benefits of his resurrection so that you and I would have them and so that you would know that you have them, so that you would be certain that you have them and so that you might rejoice in having them. Now this is essentially the thing that's happening with the gift that Jesus institutes that we heard in the gospel, the gift of the absolution, which is very precious to us, just as the Lord's gift of baptism and His body and blood are very precious to us. Because in these things, the Lord gets His mercy and His kindness and the confidence of everlasting life. He gets them to us. He delivers them. In fact, this is what the church is. And it's what every Christian congregation should be. The place where God, the Holy Spirit, distributes the Word and the sacraments to His Christians. This institution here, Hope Lutheran Church, 
is nothing more and nothing less than a thing put in place by Jesus so that his word would be preached, that the absolution would be heard, that baptism would be done, that the body and blood would be eaten and drunk all for the forgiveness of sins. Because where these things are, there is the Holy Spirit creating and sustaining faith. There is Jesus and God the Father forgiving sins, present, delivering the benefits of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now there are, and this is one of the sad kind of the states of Christendom in our day, that there are a lot of confessions and churches that don't have it, that reject in one way or another and rob the Lord's people of this most marvelous comfort, especially of the absolution. In fact, it's one of the marks of the Lutheran church. It is the only church that has the absolution. No other church does. And I remember being offended by this as well. I think I've told you this before. The first time I remember a pastor standing there in front of the congregation giving out the Lord's gift of absolution, saying, I forgive you all your sins. I thought, who does this guy think he is forgiven my sins? I don't need him there to do that. I have Jesus to forgive my sins. I can go straight to God. But look here in the text, John chapter 20. This is Jesus breathing on the disciples giving them the Holy Spirit and commanding them to forgive sins. Here's the picture. And this is the best illustration I've got, so you guys have to hear it every time I preach about the absolution until I come up with a better one, sorry. But imagine that you're in jail and your case is being heard in the courthouse across the street by the judge. The argument's been made. Your defense attorney has, in fact, done the work And the judge has declared you innocent. So the bailiff, the man who has the key to your cell, walks across the street into the jail, opens the door, and says, I set you free. And what do you do? Well, obviously, you stay there in the cell cell and say, you're just the bailiff, only the judge can set me free. (laughs) Right? Probably not. You rejoice because you are free. Set free by the judge. And he's used his man to do it. So that when you hear the absolution spoken, I forgive you all your sins, it's the Lord's work, not the work of the pastor. It's the heavenly declaration of freedom that comes forth from the heavenly court that was argued by Jesus, that was won by His blood and is being brought to you in the office of the keys. And remember, the keys do not simply belong to the office of the pastor. The office of the pastor is put in place so that there is a regular and public and constant use of the keys. But this authority to forgive sins is the authority of the church and it is exercised by every Christian, by also you. You have the authority to speak the gospel to forgive sins in the name of Jesus. And it's especially important that we exercise this gift in our families and with each other, in the church, and in our vocations. But, dear saints, even better than the authority to forgive sins is the joy of sins being forgiven. And that is what Jesus is putting in place for us. You know your sin... 
You know your failures. You know this stuff. You know your breaking of God's law. You know your selfishness and your anger and your lust and your greed and your indifference and your laziness and your pride. These things are always before you. Your, Your sin is always preaching to you. Your failure and preaching God's wrath. But for us, for you, Jesus has another word. Delivered by the Holy Spirit. The word of the cross. The word of the resurrection. The word given to you in baptism. The word pressed into your mouth in the supper. The word planted in your ear and your heart by the preaching and by the absolution. The Lord's word of kindness and promise and mercy. This word. Your sins are forgiven. Ethan, your sins are forgiven. Dear saints, your sins are forgiven. Straight from the cross and resurrection to your ears. And the forgiveness of your sins is as sure as the death of Jesus. It's as sure as the empty tomb. It's as sure as your baptism. God cannot lie. And He has given you this promise. And this promise is our life and our confidence and our hope. So, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope.